Sports stories from the 419 in Northwest Ohio brought to you by A Voice You Know. It's time to go around the area and around the Hearn. Bonjour. Welcome to the second week of October here on Around the Hearn. Big, big games coming up this week. We've got the uh, girls' soccer draw, the boys' soccer draw, and the uh, volleyball draw all coming up on Sunday. That'll be something to talk about next week. But this week, it's pretty much a football show. We've got Andy Schaefer, the head coach at Columbus Grove, the three-time defending Northwest Conference champs. Bo Gross from Bath, now at Air Force, just got his season started a couple of days ago. And Chris Schmidt, now two years in a row that the uh, the Raymond football team has been in the playoffs. All three are coming up here in just a few and are great interviews in different ways. But as we always do, start off with the news and notes portion of this show and a lot of things to get to here. Not as big as we had last week, but uh, the golf season getting into the district level. A couple of teams headed to uh, state, and unfortunately one local team not able to make the uh, state level. That the Colorado Wildcats fall short at the district level. The team score of 350. Justin Siebenek had an 82. Ryan Klausing, the PCL golfer of the year, had an 83. Ethan Warnicke shot an 89, and Kayla Narker a 96. But credit to the Wildcats for the run they put together this year, and that uh, program has been a perennial state team, just unfortunately not this season. The LCC girls golf team headed to state as a team, and if you've been paying attention to this show, you know Mary Kelly Mulcahy is the winner of the individual title. She's won nearly everything that she has been a part of. St. Henry's Ellen Nauman is headed as well as an individual. Fort Laramie golf team are district champions. They're headed to state. A lot of uh, a lot of big things happening on the links. I still am terrible, just in case you're wondering. But uh, congratulations to all of them. And I'm told, uh, congratulations to Jill Schmidtmeyer from uh, St. Mary's Golfing at Finley, who's having a heck of a... An, off season, kind of into the fall up there at UF, but uh, many, many well wishes to all of those teams as they head to the state level. One big set of news, it's really two different games that kind of become a third thing. Uh, Delphus Jefferson and Minster are uh, canceled due to COVID-related issues at Delphus Jefferson. That's uh, unfortunate with a playoff game, Minster now moves into the second round to play Allen East, but Minster does get a, a football game on Friday night. That'll be on Z Sports Live at 7 o'clock because uh, Pandora Gaboa is into the second round. Their game uh, sent away with uh, Corey Rawson. With Rawson having a lot of injuries and not feeling safe to send kids to play in that game, so it'll be a regular season matchup with Minster and Pandora Gaboa on a Friday night. Speaking of football, Riverdale's Kale Long, according to his coach, the number one rusher in the entire United States of America. 1,541 yards in just six games. He had 366 on 31 carries and five scores a week ago. But a big, big recognition for him, and uh, congratulations to the young man from Riverside. Soccer note, the OHSA announced the higher-seeded team will host soccer matches at the regional levels for this year's tournament. It'll be uh, fascinating to see what happens because uh, volleyball and soccer draws this weekend. But their venues, Moffrey Stadium for soccer and the University of uh, Dayton in volleyball, 
it's not clear if they're going to host this year. And those have been the hosts for quite a while. But hopefully something uh, really nice comes out of it for those kids. They deserve it. St. Mary's girls turning it to uh, girls soccer. WBL champs beat Solana 2-0 on Tuesday night. And they played without Lily Anchorman missing a couple of games with a red card. Still able to get the job done. And congratulations to the Rough Rider ladies. The Shawnee boys, state ranked and sitting on top of the standings on the other side. And if you look at volleyball, it's pretty much old hat. We had Amber Miller on here about a month and a half ago before the season started. And we talked about how good her program can be. They are uh, doing some things the right way right now. Pretty much have wrapped up the Western Buckeye League with two matches left. It's been well over 4,000 days since someone has beat them in the WBL in Ottawa. And they broke another school record. Maddie White got a school record 93rd ace on Tuesday night against Defiance to put another record up on the book for her. She had already broken the school record for aces in a single match. But just a terrific young lady, and I can't say enough good things about her. The Bluffton boys, also state-ranked, have picked up a share, at least a share, of the Northwest Conference title with a outright win on Monday night, they will become the only champ in the Northwest Conference. Bath score extraordinaire Chandler Clark got her 100th career goal. So big congratulations to her and a 14-0 win over Van Wert on Tuesday. Not only the fact that she got a goal, she got seven of them on the night. Seven is the fifth highest in a single game. Weird thing is the record is 13 by two different girls. Last of those coming in 2009. The local news as far as basketball goes was the resignation of Ada basketball coach Dre White a couple of days ago. He and his assistants, Rick Sherrick, resigned. I told WSN's Aaron Matthews it was a very emotional decision and it was my own decision. Uh, I love my players. I love the program. Don't know what uh, what to say really other than that, but that broke in the afternoon and uh, – it's just interesting. It's it's odd timing with about a month to go before the season. Cross-country news. Regionals will be run on Friday, October 30th, and the uh, finals, the state level on November the 6th in Division Three. They're trying to break up as much as possible. They might actually have to break up the state meet into two different races. See how that turns out. Uh, the next couple of weeks will be kind of interesting to get to that point. And University of Finley's Luke Montgomery. How about this for a birthday present? Penn State and Cincinnati both offered for that young man to come play football. He'd already had offers from Ohio State amongst a big group of others. But uh, someone calls you up and says, hey, we want to set you up for life. Happy birthday, Luke. Look at the volleyball polls in the state of Ohio. Division two has Salina at number 19. Division three pretty much has not changed. Ottawa Glendorf still the top dog at number one. Liberty Benton at seven. Fairview jumps into the top 14 at 14. Division four, as always, a who's who of Northwest Ohio. New Bremen still number one. New Knoxville number two. Those two actually meet in the not-so-distant future. Fort Loramie is number four, but there's a chance that they'll probably drop for next week. Marion Local, who sits at six, beat Fort Loramie in a five-set matchup on Tuesday. Got Fort Recovery wedged right in between the two of them. Lincoln View at number nine, St. Henry at 10, Rushi at 11, Lipsick. I think they're 14 and two if I read this right. Sitting at number 14, Jackson Center at 15, Riverside comes in at number 20. 
Teams ranked in the football polls, Liberty Benton at number four in Division 5. Division 6, Coldwater is number one. Archbold is number five. Cavaliers will have a Friday and Saturday night off before they play next Saturday night at home. Possibility they could have four home games if they were to keep winning all the way into the regional finals. Division 7 has Marion Local at number one. Tri-Village jumps all the way to number two. Why? Because they beat now fifth-seeded at Fort Loramie. 60-43. to 60-43 to in the cross-county conference title game last Friday. Lima Central Catholic at number four. Perry at number seven, repping the 419. Boys soccer polls Shawnee, Kenton, and St. Mary's. 11, 20, and 21 in Division two. Division three has Bluffton at number two. And then Division two girls, Bath is 11. St. Mary's is 17. Anna, right there in the top 10, still in Division three at number eight. Liberty Benton, the defending state champs at number 10. And Lehman Catholic at number 14. That's the look around the area and a look at the news and notes. So come back. Got Andy Schaefer, head coach of Columbus Grove, Bo Gross from the Air Force, and Chris Schmidt. Talking about New Bremen football. When we return here on Around the Hearn. Danny the Dealmaker, are you ready? Ready for what, Eric? Brand new cars and trucks are rolling into Lee Kitzel Chevy Buick GMC again. That's great, because we need pre-owned trades big time. Yep, Danny, have I mentioned lately how much respect I have for this country? Not in the last five minutes. Even the virus can't keep us down. GM workers are back strong and building the best there is. And we're here proud to represent the greatest products on American Road, Chevy, Buick, and GMC. And I love how so many of us in the area have remained positive, helping each other and staying the course. No matter how long this situation takes to resolve itself, please keep this in mind. Lee Kinsel GM Sales and Service has been around for 50 years, and will be around for another 50 years. Wherever you're listening, you're always welcome here in Van Wert. At Kinsel's, it's all about clear, easy-to-understand deals, best quality pre-owned vehicles, top-of-the-line financing, and world-class service. See us online at LeeKinsel.com. Call 866-LEE-KINSEL. Better yet, stop in at 650 West Durban Road in Van Wert. Thank you for finding new roads to help us rebuild the American economy. Are you in Spencerville and looking for a place to eat before the Bearcats play? Well then, head to my place, 128 North Broadway, for deep-fried mushrooms, chili cheese fries, the best pie around, and soup of the day. If you're in a hurry and just want to order some to go, you can give Doug and his staff a call at 419-647-4062, and they'll have it ready for you. My Place Restaurant at 128 North Broadway in Spencerville, a proud supporter of Bearcat Athletics. Back now talking a playoff football with Columbus Grove head coach Andy Schaefer. And first of all, congratulations on running that gauntlet that is Northwest Conference the way it's set up this year. Did you guys enjoy that, or would you have preferred the normal way? I enjoyed it. I, I honestly don't think it'll ever happen again, at least unless we have another pandemic. But uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought it was great. It, it, every game built on each other. And um, I, as you could see, the conference championship game and the semi semi-conference championship games were good games and uh, I mean that's kind of what it was all about is to uh, you know made the best team win but also prepare everybody for the postseason and I think uh, I think that it did that I kind of feel like I have to ask you the old coaching thing how many years did those three games take off your life <laughs> yeah no kidding no kidding you know but I would I would normally say that, but with with all the extra stuff that's going on this year, it just fits. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> with right. All the extra uh, coronavirus protocols and everything else, you know, it just it, you know, that's the way it's supposed to be. So, you know, I, I, I like our kids the way that they battled through those two games, and 
And uh, certainly, uh, you know, Crestview played the best game that they played all year against us. And, and I think uh, Alan East did a heck of a job, um, you know, preparing for the second round with us. It's hard to beat a, a team twice in the same same season. I did, I did it once before when we played Pandora, but that was a week one to week 11. Um, that's a lot different playing week three, week six. So, yeah. That and the fact that the first game came down to something crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it did, um, you know, and and uh, second day, second game was pretty crazy too. I mean, we uh, late in the game, we we gave up a touchdown on a complete blown coverage. Somebody probably asks why why is that one guy wide open? We were in man to man, and for some reason our safety decided to switch and not tell the other guy. And uh, you know, Alan Alan East had a guy wide wide open in the back corner of the end zone, and. We blew it, and our kids, uh, are, they, you know, major mistake, but um, we still had a minute 20, and we practiced two-minute drill all the time, and, and uh, those guys just were focused and finished and did a great job. I feel like you and the coaching staff probably had the same question. It just probably was a more colorful version of that question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for so sure. How yeah. does that happen? I don't understand. I thought it was kind of interesting the way that the NWC has gone throughout the course of the year. You guys obviously put up a lot of points. Allen East has done it. Uh, Paulding, Bluffton, and Jefferson have had just arena football league scores. But all three games last week, the winner had 27 points. That's an oddity. Wow, I didn't know that. You know, um, you know it's something I didn't really look at. And, and we were just happy to get the, be on the W column because it could have easily went the other, other direction. But, you know, yeah, there's... Uh, you know, stats, you can look at stats all day long. Um, you know, the last two games, we, we got outgamed big time, uh, our offense. But we also changed some stuff, and, and we, we felt that we had, number one, a really good punter. Um, and we have a pretty good defense. And so we kind of left it up to them the last couple of weeks and I guess kind of played trestle ball a little bit. And, uh, um, you know, the only stat that really matters is the win column. So, um I'm willing to give up a few yards as long as we're staying ahead. So uh, it's kind of a chess match uh, this year as what we've done the last couple of games, and so far it's paid off. Trust me, it's far better than being a Dallas Cowboy fan and having <laughs> Dak throw for 400 yards and you lose by 25. As a as a Dallas Cowboys fan, oh, I see? agree with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> I, all I could say last weekend was just run the ball. Please, just once. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep, but it's, it's probably more frustrating for you, too, because you see it from the chess match perspective and the coaching perspective of why would you have guys that average 325 and the best running back and not just run the ball? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally get it. And uh, It's a whole different level, though. Um, I'll definitely stick to high school. It's, it's I'm just glad someone else feels my pain, that it's not just me every Sunday. <laughs> It's America's team, isn't it? You know, yeah. there's a lot more fans. Well, out there. we apparently just got beat by America's new team. <laughs> I know it. I heard that. Uh, between uh, being a Dallas fan and a Florida State fan, I'm pretty much just opting out of football for 2020. <laughs> it's just not going real well. I understand. I understand. Uh, you think about the last couple of years, you guys have now won the NWC three years in a row. And with kind of the upswing that the league has been on, Allen East has been moving up in that kind of uh, thing. And, and Spencerville's always been there. And, but with 2020 and kind of the oddity that you had to go through and then everything with the kids with basketball and no baseball, like, does it make it a little more special this year? 
It does, but I, I, I don't know that I can say that completely until maybe two to three years after the fact. Um, you know, uh, just like what you said, you mentioned basketball, and our, our kids were 26-0, and 0, and a lot of those guys were on my team. Um, you look at Jeff Meyer, that was, was you know, his, his bags were packed. He was ready to go to the state wrestling tournament and uh, got a call that, well, sorry, it's canceled. And, um, you know, that, that, that kind of thing, it, it just, it, I, I can't even imagine the, um, the mental part of it that it, it, it told on these kids. And uh, for them to just keep fighting, keep battling, um, that was the first thing I said after our game against Allen East, you could just tell that these kids wanted to win that bad. Um, it didn't matter what situation it was. They still felt they had a chance uh, because they wanted it um, really, really bad. So I don't know that I'll, I'll really grasp that completely until like two to three years from now. But it's certainly a special group because these guys really understand what adversity is and, and how important it is for them to, to battle through it. I've always loved being around your kids, uh, whether basketball, football, or baseball, that they look like such a close-knit group that are always having fun. You could see it on the video, all in the news when they got the touchdown, just kind of the relief of, okay, our hard work just paid off. But I think my personal favorite thing about what you guys have just done is the fact that uh, Dylan Blackmeyer bet the kids that he wouldn't eat the hot chip challenge. And I've seen the video now, and it is beyond worth every every ounce of work they've put in. <laughs> you should know this is uh, a lot of coaches say that it seems like you hear it every year, and you don't know if you really believe it. But but I, I really truly am saying this is the closest team that I've ever been around in 23 years, and and I don't know. Um, you know, at the at the beginning of the season, I was talking to Chris Summers, and I was talking to some other coaches, and I. And I Tim Nichols at Liberty Benton, I'm a good friend of. And I was like, have you guys noticed something different about this year? Have you noticed like the kids just enjoy being around each other a little bit more? And everybody I talked to said yes. I don't know if it was just three months of sitting in a bedroom by themselves or, or what, but uh, these guys really enjoy being around each other. They're, they're fun to coach. And, and when they win, they, I mean, they, it's a whole team effort. You know what I mean? They really, it doesn't matter who you are on the team. They, they, they appreciate you and they want you around. And It's just a special group this year. Like I said, I don't know if that's a 2020 thing or just this group, but uh, certainly enjoying it. This year, the way the playoffs are structured, you get to buy, you wait on either Ottawa Hills or Cardinal Stritch, but the possibility that you could get two home games before maybe have to go on the road is that it just feels like a throwback to an older thing because before we got uh, and there's nothing wrong with you know, Columbus or the big stadiums but I don't know if it just it tries to make it feel like more of a Friday night football that would be a normal thing yeah it is and, and I um yeah of course I appreciate it I mean we play good at, at Kramer Stadium so um the opportunity to play two two playoff games is it's crazy. You know, I had the opportunity to coach uh, home playoff games in the past here at Columbus Grove. And, you know, a couple of years ago we did against Kerry and that was a big atmosphere. And uh, that's, that's the sad part. Um, you know, we talked about the other day, it was like, if, if Alan, if we wouldn't have had Corona or some, some reason they would have let this thing slip and let everybody into the game. Can you imagine how big that, that, that gate would have been for that game? I mean, it would have been big Northwest conference championship in a tournament and and so yeah you know back to your point back to your question about playoffs 
you know, it is going to be a little different that not everybody in this community can come to a playoff game because you've been around here long enough to know that, uh, you know, Columbus Grove supports their sports. Um, they really love to come out. So it, it's a shame that, that we can't pack uh, Climber Stadium, but we'll, we'll certainly use it as an opportunity to, you know, not have to travel on a bus and, and you know, that kind of thing. I just assume that you would have had probably the entire population of Putnam County saved for PG and OG, you know, probably there at that game, whether they're rooting your, your boys on or they're rooting for them to fail. Yeah, well, I mean, exactly. I mean, it, it just would have been – it would have been enormous. I mean, I really think it would have been the biggest game ever. And, uh, you know, considering how close it was week three when we played over at Allen East, um, you know, it would have been certainly a big game week six. Now, I know it's different, uh, again, kind of because of COVID and everything, but Friday night when Ottawa Hills and Cardinal Stritch play each other, are you – do you guys just have to wait for film, or are you allowed to go scout that, or how does that work? So we are allowed to scout. Um, you're allowed two people, two coaches, into uh, into that game um, if, if you so choose. And, and then uh, it, it's, it's still the same rule as far as trade tape with Huddle. Um, you get uh, three – three trade tapes, I guess, um, you know, um, for, a, for a playoff game. So uh, we'll definitely be trading tape and, and watching that. And uh, But, um, you know, that's how it goes. I was kind of surprised that they're even allowing extra people into the game to scout, um, you know, as limited as they're keeping, you know, uh, people at the game. But they did say two from each school could go. Well, it is funny, though, because you just talk about huddle and how easy it is now to get video from anything there, and it's broken up into clips and segments and all kinds of different things. Talk about 23 years ago. Go back and tell <laughs> that version of you that had to either you, I would imagine low man on the totem pole at some point, had to drive somewhere to pick up a VHS tape. You know, uh, and I was talking about how I won one year, this was my first year coach, and I was at Corey Ross, and, and Jerry Embody uh, sent me to Marion Catholic to watch them play Van Lu on a Saturday and scout them. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. I mean, it was probably one of the worst football games I've ever seen in my life. So, so yeah, it was funny. We were just talking about that. But, yeah, I I remember uh, taking those trips and, and, and trading tapes and that kind of stuff. And you could never get it quick enough. You know what I mean? You were always always in a hurry. And then when you got it, it was the old VCR tape. You had to watch the whole thing through. And mm-hmm. uh, Yeah, I mean, it Hope was the tape doesn't wear out. They didn't give you a junk one, yeah? Yeah, I remember uh, that was probably the happiest – uh, the happiest moment of my of, of my wife's marriage, you know, our marriage in, in football was when all of a sudden I was home like two to three hours earlier than what I'd been. And she's like, what's going on? I said, we got this new thing that we can break down a lot quicker. <laughs> and she's like, I will pay for it personally if we have to. You're keeping that. <laughs> I'll take my money right now. That's right. So, it, yeah, it's, it's funny, it's though, changed everything. because I've always heard uh, guys who have been around for a long time say, you think that's bad. You joke about the VCR tape. We had to go get reels <laughs> at one point. Yeah, I, I remember that. Yep. Like yep, that's... yep. I, we, we, we did see some, some reels sitting around when I was first uh, hired it, 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 as a coach. And I was like, what the heck are these? <laughs> What's going on? The good news <laughs> is you missed that. Mm-hmm. Well, that that's awesome. I uh, I am glad you ha- you guys have a week to get healthy and get everything in line. I look forward to seeing what you can do in the playoffs. I appreciate it. Thank you for your support all year and in the future, and hopefully we'll have a long run. Uh, best of luck again. That's Andy Shaver, the uh, head football coach at Columbus Grove. 
Columbus Grove and Putnam County's place for great breakfast and lunch specials is the Rowdy Rooster Cafe at 107 West Sycamore Street in Columbus Grove. Rowdy Rooster offers homemade breakfast and lunch specials. Be sure to leave room for one of their homemade pies. Stop in for a coffee and great food. Open Wednesday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 1 p.m. and Saturday, 7 a.m. to 1 p.m. The Rowdy Rooster Cafe, 107 West Sycamore Street in Columbus Grove. Back now talking it to the United States Air Force, Bo Gross, and uh, from Bath. And I want to ask you this before I kind of go into some of the stuff I have to ask you. Did you happen to see last weekend uh, your alma mater did Military Appreciation Night? I did. Uh, Coach Ryan Dell hit me up um, that week of and told me some of their plans, and he sent me pictures of the jersey, and I, I thought that was really awesome. I really appreciated that. I thought those were cool. They have uh, have gotten new jerseys the last couple of years, and between the the white ones and the, I don't know what you guys call it, but I call it Carolina blue um, jerseys. It makes it kind of hard to read from a distance, but those were sharp. Oh yeah, I love their colors. Honestly, I miss their colors. That Columbia blue, I always thought it was pretty. You got uh, a little bit of different, uh, you, <laughs> a little bit of a different shade of blue now for you. Oh yeah, a little bit darker blue, and then sometimes I guess last week we go red. Well, that makes total sense. Oh yeah, the Air Force, but those yeah, those uh, look really nice. By the way, oh yeah, those are awesome because they wouldn't even because we uh, we wore them the week earlier for a scrimmage, and they're like, you can't take pictures. We gotta wait till like we get posted out from our own like athletic department Twitter, and then you guys can post them out. So, isn't it funny how that time. isn't that funny how the Air Force is worried about that one thing? Oh yeah, well yeah, you know, it's kind <laughs> of a funny story. I have a friend named Devin Jones who's from Lima, and he graduated from Lima Senior. He's an Air Force veteran as well, and one of the things that we always joked about was we went to uh, the McDonald's All-American game when it was in Columbus, and there was a guy who came up, and he was Air Forced out from head to toe, and he says, uh, hey, you know, it's real nice you're repping that Kentucky blue. So now every time I see the Air Force blue, that's all I can think of. There's like three different Air Force blues. You got like the Navy blue, which is like the actual Air Force. And then we got here. It's like a Royal blue is what we wear. So I don't know. We're kind of all over the place. but It's funny yeah, how that it's happens. Like you can oh, use yeah. the words Navy blue now since you guys beat them a couple of days ago. Yeah, I guess. Uh, there's still the other federal academy, but I guess we can talk about that cover. <laughs> That's one of my favorite things. It doesn't matter which branch it is. And I have friends all over or family all over too that, you know, when it comes to when they're not playing each other, it's everybody's as one. But when those games happen, you find out really quick how deep those allegiances really do run. Oh, yeah. It's always the federal, the other federal institutions or academies. We don't, we don't talk about their names. But in the end, uh, you know, same goal, same fight. So it's all good there. But it was a terrific game offensively for you guys. Almost 400 yards on the ground. You hold them to under 100. They get some yards through the air, but they weren't exactly efficient because Navy's not known for throwing the football, but uh, just a tremendous offensive game. And you kind of continue to just wear them down. Yeah. I contributed to our offensive line, honestly, because that's where all of our returning players are. Um, and then we got one, Noel Moffenberg, he'll, he'll hopefully get drafted here sometime. And then we got Parker Ferguson. We have a lot of all mountain West honors. And then we have obviously that one all American preseason. So our offensive line is very, very good at what they do, so it makes it honestly a lot easier for us. You have three carries for 10 yards. How good did it feel to go through that line finally 
and be able to run into somebody wearing a different color jersey. It was lovely. We've had two months as a fellow. We've been in fall camp for two months now, so finally get to beat somebody else up instead of ourselves. It was great. It was honestly, yeah, you know, hitting Navy. It was funny because it was just like it just happened so fast. You know, last week we're practicing and scrimmaging for a felt like two months, and then a couple of days ago we're actually in the game in the setting. It's kind of weird because the stadium is obviously cleared out besides our own students, but it, it was just a definitely weird feeling for it finally to be game day. You just kind of laugh and say, you know, I, I played in more in front of more people when I played at Bath. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like, you guys don't even understand I ever this. That would happen, but yeah. It went from, I think, 50-ish thousand last year's home opener to about 4,000 this year. Well, and it, it's not exactly like you go bang, 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 right in order. I mean, you get essentially three weeks between games. You kind of go back to, all right, we've had a little bit of a taste of it. Does it feel like you're going back into maybe fall camp before you go to San Jose? Yeah, our coach definitely brought us back into the realm. Like Saturday night, you know, we we were allowed to have fun and celebrate in the locker room. But as soon as it came around, Sunday morning getting treatment, Monday today, we're about to head over practice after this. Like, it's, it's back to business. It's like a weird, you go for a sprint right at the beginning, and then you run the marathon where when you start on the 24th all the way through when you go to Utah State, when you go to Logan, it, it's weird how this year more than anything else is sort of broken up. And, and is that harder for you guys to maybe try to keep focused? Uh, a little bit. It's, been a, it's definitely been a roller coaster because like, like a month ago or two months ago, we didn't think we were having a season. We thought Corona had everything down for us. And then we were going to play two games and we were like, okay. Well, and then all of a sudden we're now playing eight, nine, ten games. So it's pretty much back to a full season. And it's definitely been a roller coaster, but now I think we're all getting on the same page again that it's actually happening. You get uh, a couple of interesting road games and you go to West Point. You go to San Jose. I would think normal years, all right, those are easy trips, but everything that kind of comes with the travel and all the extra, and then you go to Laramie and Wyoming, those are neat places to play. But I kind of think you kind of got shafted on not getting to go to Boise and play on the blue turf. <laughs> I think it alternates, but, yeah, that would have been a really fun experience to go to Boise. I agree. That's uh, You know, there's not much else to do there. You get some potatoes and you play football and then you leave. Yeah, good football team though. That's true. <laughs> they have had yeah. they have had quite a few decent teams. Oh yeah, and then for Army wise, you can never take them for granted because obviously when you play another federal institution, you know that it's, it's always going to come out swinging. Well, it's it's not exactly like you have an easy schedule. I mean, you've got teams that have had good offenses the last handful of years, and uh, Colorado State is always an interesting game, and and then having to go to Utah to finish out. I mean, that's is. Yeah, it might only be eight games, but it's a heck of an eight-game schedule for especially you for your junior year. Yes, sir. It's, yeah, the Mountain West is definitely it's definitely a big grind, um, especially now. It's kind of weird because we usually have a big uh, game each season. Like last year, we played Colorado. This year, we're supposed to play Purdue. But even without those games happening, it's still going to be a grind because the Mountain West, Mountain West is very good. I will argue that much. For a group of five, I would argue the Mountain West is one of the best, or if not the best group of five. Do you appreciate that now more being inside of it, or were you able to sort of look at that as you were looking at colleges and say, you know, I don't think you guys are understanding how just how good football is out there? Oh, yeah. I I mean, I was kind of overlooking it in high school because I thought I was going to go somewhere in the MAC, and then all of a sudden I'm out here in the Mountain West, and these California schools are fast, and everybody's way bigger, faster, stronger, regardless of conference. But it's definitely different. 
uh, it's weird playing with all the kids on the team from like, especially California and Texas. Cause I wasn't ever used to that, but it's totally different football culture there. It's a lot more fast, it's faster paced, I guess, to say the least, especially with the Florida kids on the team. Well, it is kind of cool though. Cause you've got a couple of kids. I saw one from Lakewood. You've got uh, one or two from Columbus and then you've got uh, a kid from Fort Wayne. I mean, at least they kind yeah. of understand the world you're from. Mm-hmm. They recruit Ohio really well. Um, the Academy does. And then, I'm not sure about, I can't speak on Navy or Army, but yeah, there's actually a good amount of Ohio kids on the team. I think it's like Cali, Texas, Florida, Georgia, and then Ohio's up there. What made you end up ultimately picking Air Force over going to somewhere in the MAC and staying closer to home? Uh, I think, honestly, that was a part of it within itself. I wanted to get away pretty far, and I'm in Colorado now, and I haven't been back to Lima itself in probably years now, so I think that I've, I've definitely grown a lot, and then I guess the academic opportunity. I knew this place would offer me opportunities after graduation and after football that I wasn't sure if the Mac could compare to. So I guess that was a big, big deciding factor is I'm trying to, you know, pick a school for 40 years, not just for four. Well, the, the joke's kind of on you in a way because your parents followed you. Oh yeah. Well, they ended up definitely coming out, which made my life a lot easier. It, it, I mean, it was definitely tough at first because you're in school and you never get to come home. And like this year I, I haven't, you know, we're not going to have Thanksgiving. I don't know if I'll have Christmas with my family, like my actual family besides just my two parents. So it's definitely been a while since I've been able to really celebrate and go back home. And it's, I always, I joke about that, but obviously I love that dynamic. I remember after your senior year when I saw that your mom and dad were going to do that and and just how proud your dad was and is of you when I talked to him. And it's such a cool thing, though, to be able to kind of share in that experience and have them around. Yeah, because it's fun because we talk about some of my college experiences similar to his college experiences and just college football in general. Like, I see him pretty much every weekend, and we'll talk football. So it's definitely a lot better than just FaceTimes. But, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely appreciative of them coming out. Does it start with back in my day? Uh, sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes they'll try to pull out a ring on me, but now I got one too. So I guess they're even. <laughs> that's, that's impressive and all, but let me just go ahead and show you mine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, that's awesome, though. I, and, I mean, do you get to talk? I, I know you said you haven't been home, but with Twitter and Facebook and everything else to kind of the, the young kids that Bath has right now, they're really they're really getting ready to do something, I feel like. Oh, yeah. They're trying to get a definitely – there has to be a culture change back in uh, Bath. So I think Coach Rendell's the one to get it turned around. I think with anything, it'll just take time, especially a culture change. But I definitely think they're going in the right step and they're moving forward. I had him on a couple of weeks ago on this show, and I felt like I was trying to figure out if he needed, you know, like a 38-year-old water boy because he's just that kind of guy that you just want to play for him. Yeah, because he was obviously the coach when I was around, too. He's not just fresh. In the, he's been, you know, he's been around the program for a long time now. So, especially back in high school, it was definitely fun playing for Coach Rangel. He was the man, uh, and he'd make you want to run through a wall. I wanted to, and I, I didn't think my wife would appreciate it in our house missing a wall. I didn't think she'd think that was funny. Yeah, he might. He, he thinks it's impressive. He'd love it. Right, right. He'd just be like, what was that? Oh, I saw I ran through a wall. Um, you look at uh, kind of how your journey has been. What's this been like for you out there through kind of all the corona stuff and all the, the extra stuff you guys have had to do, not only as a football player, but kind of as a student and as someone learning? what they're going to be doing? Oh, uh, as a student, it's definitely hard. Um, this past summer, I was taking astronautical engineering over Zoom. So 
it's definitely a lot harder now with COVID. <laughs> like I can't just sit there and have in-person questions. I have to like really go out and try to find resources on my own for my computer and just definitely pulled a couple all nighters trying to do it. But it's <clears throat> the learning environment is definitely a lot harder now, but you kind of get used to it. Um, a lot of things are simplified now. Like you, we can learn all of our languages. Like some of our departments here are actually going to stick with online because you can, you can have classes a lot like anytime throughout the day. But I, I personally miss having in person because you, there's nothing like just putting your hand up immediately getting the question answered rather than trying to get your network to connect right and see if you can get your microphone to work on your laptop. You're trying to tell the uh, air force they need to get better Wi-Fi. Uh, I, <laughs> I wouldn't be mad. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure they have, Bigger money plans than I could assume, but no, it's great government Wi Fi. Yeah, I'd love it. That's fine. Oh yeah, yep. Keep your head down, love it, keep it going. But it, it is great. It is such a weird thing uh, for obviously uh, for younger students and for college kids, especially who, you know, the the kids going in now, they're not necessarily as ingrained of in person and how you do everything. But as you get older, you don't want to just sit there and just stare at your screen and and all right, here's little box stop talking to me tell me something yeah it's a, it's it's, just, it's weird you know I'm 22 years old and i still have to ask my i put my hand up have my video on and be like can i use the restroom right now so you know it's different but with anything you know survive adapt and overcome so let's get in there hopefully you know things can get under control and we can slowly get back to normal we're all hoping next semester we can have more in-person stuff but yeah you know with anything you just have to adapt well, if you do it like the new South Park episode, you just take a freeze frame of yourself, if you're Cartman, and you just put it up in front of the screen, then you can just walk away. That, that was my whole oh. takeaway from the entire special. I, okay. That's, I, I haven't thought of that, I guess. That's yeah, you'll, you'll have to look that one up. Okay, we'll do. It's, uh, if you ever have a class you just feel like getting out of, there you go. Good to be if they know about me. Well, you just hope that they have they don't watch South Park. Oh yeah, be like I just had bad Wi-Fi. I don't know what to tell you, but uh, I love I love your journey. I try to keep track of uh, what you're doing, and I love the pictures your dad puts up, and just the it's beautiful scenery out there. We joked about the weather beforehand that being out towards that way that it's more unpredictable, but that's it, it's obviously got to fascinate you with what your major is and everything that you have going on. Yeah, it's definitely beautiful. Um, Obviously, like right now, there's planes flying by, but, uh, you know, every day we got people over on the airfield flying. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not going to be a pilot. I'm not, my eyes are not, I have all this stuff going on with my eyes personally. So I am personally trying to go to the uh, Space Force, a little cross commission, and then go from there. But yeah, the weather out here is awesome. It's probably one of the sunniest places in America, I would assume, or from the data I've seen. But yeah, it's lovely. Um, it's a little dry, so you do wake up with chap lips and sometimes a dry nostril. But other than that, I love it. I feel like you're just bragging now. Oh, I mean, it, I, I brag until we're at football at 8,000 feet and it's hard to breathe. But Right, right. That's that's just nature's payback. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Uh, I, I hope you enjoy your junior year. I'd love to have you on next year, too, when things get back to normal and talk about how different a normal senior year is. Oh, yes, sir. I think we're all hoping for that. Well, I wish you the best of luck, too. Awesome. Thank you, sir. I really appreciate you having me on. I am more than happy to do it. That's Bo Gross talking about the Air Force Academy in his hometown that he'll get back to one day here on the show. 
Be part of the family at Griller's Tavern in Columbus Grove. Griller's Tavern is family-owned, so they know what it takes to make their tavern a great place to bring your family. And a big menu with something for everyone, including sandwiches, wraps, hand-cut fries, and mouth-watering pretzel sticks. Come in for daily lunch specials, then come back after work for daily happy hour and live entertainment on the weekend. It's family time at Griller's Tavern in Columbus Grove. We're talking to Bremen football now with head coach Chris Schmidt and a uh, good year for you right now coming off your first playoff appearance in 15 years. You get to go back, beat for sales last week. What's the vibe right now in New Bremen? Well, I think, um, you know, I think it's excitement. I mean, just uh, obviously everything is a little bit different uh, this year, but, uh, um, you know, with the playoffs now being upon us, I think uh, there's excitement for, um, you know, just that to see what we can do and, and, and hopefully we can make another deep run. Main cogs back from last year. You get Dan Holman, Wyatt Dickey, Mitchell Hayes, Zach Berkey, that a lot of people will talk about. I know that your junior class from last year, your seniors this year, you had talked about in the local media about getting more consistency from those guys as they become your your big targets. Kind of accomplished that this year? I, I think we're getting there. Um, I certainly think some things have started to click a little bit, uh, you know, the last couple weeks. And, um, you know, I think we're like a lot of teams. And, you know, basically having a shortened preseason or, you know, we had one scrimmage. I know some teams that didn't have, you know, any and then not having non-conference games. You know, I think we were still trying to, you know, kind of fill our way through, you know, the early part of the year, you know, what the guys are comfortable doing, you know, what we should ask them to do. And I think we're getting to that point where um, we're starting to get some things figured out and some things are hopefully clicking. And, uh, yeah, those guys have, have been – um, last couple of weeks for sure, a lot more consistent, and, and you know that's led by Mitchell. He's he's done a great job of just kind of seeing the field and, and making smart decisions, and uh, I think that's a big reason why we we played so well last week. I remember getting to see him last year in the Marion local game, and thinking, I don't know that enough people maybe know Mitchell Hayes' name, and I, and I always feel like they should anytime I watch him play any sport, but. It just seems like it's one of those age-old things. All right, you need three yards, go out there, he'll get five. He'll figure out a way to get it done. Yeah, I mean, there's you know no doubt that uh, you know he is one of the better athletes in our league um, and an ultra-competitive kid, too. He, he may not necessarily you know say a whole lot at times. I know he says things to the kids, but he's not going to be a real vocal, you know, kind of shout things out in front of the, the team type of personality, but just – ultra competitiveness that, that rubs off on the team. And, you know, there was a play last week where he was trying to kind of keep it in the middle on a, you know, late in the game and kind of a short yardage play. And there was really nothing there. And he kind of bounced it outside and, and then, you know, sprinted to the uh, sideline and kind of outrun, you know, the Versailles defenders and made it in the end zone. And, you know, as a coach, it makes you look really good because it was, you know, a play that really they kind of had stuff, but, uh, you know, just off his athletic ability and kind of, Sensing where things are at, he you know found an opening and ended up getting in the end zone. Later on, that's one of those where you just kind of laugh and everybody says, "Coach, that worked out." Yeah, no, that's exactly how we drew it up. Exactly right. We just knew. We just gave Mitchell a, a pencil <laughs> and we just told him write whatever you want, and it's exactly how it right. worked. Now I was gonna say, you know, to be honest as a coach, I think sometimes I have to remind myself too, just to you know let Mitchell and Zach and Dan and Wyatt and some of those kids. You know, just to try to put them in the best you know position possible, and, and let them you know try to make plays for us, and not try to you know over coach them or over manage them, and and you know trust them and allow them to you know you know make some plays. And there'll be some times you know as young kids, they're probably not going to make the right decisions, but there's other times where they're going to make big plays for you. So 
you know, I've tried to be a little bit better about that as well and, and, and letting them have the freedom to make those plays. I thought it was interesting Andy Shaver mentioned something that I've heard a couple of coaches talk about. He said he feels like, you know, every every year every coach says, this, this group is close, they like each other and all that, but have you found maybe that because your kids weren't allowed to be around each other for such a period of time that maybe they're a little bit closer this year than they have been in years past? I don't know that I, I have that sense. Um, you know, being a smaller school and so many of our kids competing in multiple sports, I mean, they're kind of always around each other a lot anyways and, and hanging out. And uh, um, I think there's definitely an appreciation for the opportunity to, you know, play this fall season after so many of them, you know, didn't get an opportunity in the spring. Um, I, I don't know. So I think they're appreciative to be out there and have the opportunity. I don't know that that's necessarily we're tighter in a sense because we weren't around each other. Hey, he just kind of, you know, made that kind of odd thing of thinking about, uh, you know, because you're not allowed to do certain things, but the Mac has been interesting this year. I mean, you kind of, a lot of people, obviously you'll look at the Mac and go, all right, you can pencil Marion and Coldwater up near the top, but sure. everybody else, I mean, Versailles came out of the gate hot. You guys got, of course, you're the, the team that gets both Marion and Coldwater despite the fact the odd scheduling has them avoiding each other. But you get a, did you get a sense in week two, obviously this is a team both for you and both for them that could do a lot of damage this year? Well, yeah. I mean, it was uh, the uh, schedule makers didn't do us any favor with opening up with Mr. and, and Mary. And so and we had to find out, like you said, really quick, like what kind of team we had. And obviously we've, you know, we kind of had to work through some things. And, and again, we're trying to figure out early on, like many people are, who we are because of the, just the way the season was. But uh, I think we definitely got a sense in week two that, you know, in the past it's been one of those situations where, you know, we were just trying to compete, you know, with a team like Marion. And I think walking away from that game, we were saying to ourselves, shoot, we can compete with them. You know, we're there now where we need to make the plays to, to try to win those games ultimately. So, um, yeah, in the past it was, you know, we were just trying to get on the level where we can compete with them. And I think, after that, you know, week two, we kind of had that feeling of, okay, we're there now. We got to try to take that next step. I would think helps you learn a lot as this goes on, sort of uh, the chess match between coaches about how, I don't, I don't want to say what separates you and what separates them, but kind of the, the things that they did on their way up that you're now doing on your way up. Well, there's no doubt that in this league, you can kind of, you know, get a lot of great examples of, you know, what you said there and, and, and how teams do, you know, things a certain way, I mean, you'd be, you know, really, you know, ignorant to not look at teams like Marion and Coldwater and Minster and, and, and not try to learn from them and their success. And, you know, even for recovery, you know, basically, you know, was climbing the ladder while we were trying to, you know, just move in the right direction. And you could even use them as an example, you know, as they were getting better and ultimately winning a state title. So, so yeah, I mean, you try to learn from, you know, all those great programs and coaches and, and try to be better because of it. And, you know, certainly I think that's a big reason why the Mac has a lot of success in the postseason. Um, just because, I mean, you, you are put through the ringer, um, as players and as coaches. And, and, uh, you know, if you're doing something that's not, you know, sound football, whether it's offense, defense, or special teams, you're, you're probably going to get exposed in, in our league. And so you have to really work on, you know, being solid as, as you can in all, all facets of the game. I've always been fascinated on the thought process of having all of the coaches in the MAC just sitting in one room and kind of how that would go personality-wise because 
there are so many different types of coaches and kind of how they handle things. But what's great is it seems like from the outside how all of you guys get along. And obviously when you're not playing one another, you're rooting on everything that they're doing. Yeah, and I, I think there's just a lot of respect among the coaches too because, uh, you know, again, what I just mentioned about how competitive everybody is and how well coached everybody is. And so I think there's definitely that respect factor. But, uh, but yeah, you know, when you're rooting for your, your, your fellow teams to do well and, uh, um, you know, that was one of the things that I guess I wanted to be a part of this league, you know, from being on the outside was because you saw that. I mean, you saw that you know, the passion from the communities and the schools to compete against each other. But then when you'd go to playoff games and you'd see, you know, one of these Mac teams playing and all these other, you know, um, Mac shirts and jackets and other things from other schools. And you knew they were there to kind of watch and support that Mac team that was playing. So, you know, it's really, I guess, an honor and a lot of fun for me to, to now be a part of that. The reason why I asked you about what the vibe was like over there, because I know with the girls again, being number one on top of the Mac and on top of the state, they've got, pretty big matchup upcoming they've got new knoxville one and two you've got a home playoff game and historically there's not many times that you've been able to talk about both those together at the same time and i just felt like it's got to be there's got to be people just sitting around waiting wishing maybe more wishing that they were able to just pack the place and be at all these things yeah without a doubt i mean obviously we're we're just thankful that we get the opportunity to compete in sports but there's certainly there's times where you think, gosh, you know, you know, we've had fairly great weather on Friday nights, and, and you know, again, our volleyball team is, is doing great, and, and you're like, ah, oh, just you know, think about some of the crowd and whatnot we could bring in, but it's just, I guess, not the way it's going to be this year. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it's and and again, I think it's that competitive culture of the MAC, and, and uh, you know, Coach Kramer has done such a fantastic job with uh, the volleyball program, and I, I really think that you know the success they had has helped a program like us, you know, also have success, you know, kind of showing the way that, you know, Hey, it, it can be done. And, uh, you know, even at New Bremen, we're in the Mac, but we hadn't won a state title until volleyball did. And, you know, that it, it's possible. And, uh, um, so yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun right now. Yeah. So to speak. And now she's pretty much turned it into what seems like an annual tradition too. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is, it is a machine, so to speak. Uh, they're, they're fun to watch and, uh, um, and again, it's, it's, I guess it's great about the match schools too, is that, uh, you know, our guys are, you know, when they can are going to the volleyball matches and, and, the, and the volleyball girls at our, our games. And so, you know, they're so supportive of one another. And, and, uh, you know, one of my probably, um, most favorite memories that I'll, I'll take with me to my dying day was, um, you know, even though we didn't get a chance to attend the state championship last year, cause we had a playoff game, you know, those girls coming over after the state championship and, us winning a uh, playoff game at New Miami and just kind of celebrating together on the field after that game, that was uh, that was something special. Looking at this week, Southeastern and Lehman Catholic, are you allowed or able to go scout that game? Uh, the state has, uh, has uh, I guess, granted um, the possibility for scouting tickets, so to speak. So you have to kind of make a request. And as far as I know, we're, we're supposed to get those tickets on a Thursday where uh, – uh, two coaches from your staff can go and watch. Um, and uh, two of us are planning on doing that. Um, so, yeah, yeah. This year is easier or harder with everything going on to kind of try to keep your secrets and be able to get everybody else's stuff with all of the 
uh, the massive amounts of video that are out there? Um, that's a good question. Um, you know, in the Mac, I think, you know, we kind of know each other so well that I don't know that there's a lot to, you know, hide, so to speak. But, um, um, I think we all try to kind of, like I said, early on, you're trying to figure out what you can and can't do well. And then you're trying to match it up with other teams. Um, you know, like right now, I mean, you know, Lehman hasn't played the last two weeks. So I, you know, I, it's hard to kind of start figuring, you know, like, well, what are you going to see from Lehman? And, you know, Southeastern is not a team that's, you know, in our area traditionally. So, you know, you're a little bit, you know, I guess more clueless about, you know, what they're bringing as well. So it just kind of depends, I think, on the matchups and whatnot. And, and you know, some of these teams in the region, I think that's one of the exciting things about the playoffs. But uh, at the same time, they're a little kind of gun shy, too, so to speak. I know that you guys never look further than one game ahead, but I kind of do hyperbole for a living. I thought it was fascinating the way that your bracket broke down. You could host a, a couple, maybe three, depending on how it plays out, home games. But the fact that your second-round opponent could possibly be a team from your own conference that you didn't get to play this year. Yeah, it's it's uh, yeah. sometimes you kind of have that, and it is a little odd that, yeah, it just kind of happened to be the uh, the um, rotation this year that uh, – you know, St. Henry and ourselves weren't supposed to play each other. We actually were going to scrimmage each other early on in the season, and that didn't work out with the scrimmages being canceled. And But, the, you know, kind of the same thing happened last year. I mean, Marion was not on – we were not on the rotation with Marion. We scrimmaged each other, and then we ended up, you know, seeing each other in the playoffs. So, yeah, that I guess could be a possibility again this year. Well, who's off your schedule next year that I can go ahead and book that playoff matchup? Uh, well, I think it's <laughs> it would be St. Henry again because it would be like a two-year rotation. Well, so. there you go. Yeah, it's people just try to look into the future. But yeah. uh, I, I love what you guys are doing. I, I've been following for a while, trying to get to as much stuff as I can. And, and it just, I, I love seeing the build and I love seeing what you guys are doing with it paying off. I wish you best luck in the playoffs and going forward. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. It's uh, It's been a lot of hard work from a lot of people, you know, coaches, players, parents, boosters, administration. So, yeah, it, it, it's fun to kind of really start to see some of those. Uh, um, you know, I guess some of that work coming to fruition. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. That's Chris Schmidt, the head coach at New Bremen, back with more here in just a few. Tony's on Main Street in Ottawa, home of the Titan Burger, and if you're really hungry, the Cow Tipper. Tony's grounds their hamburger meat each day. Each patty is fresh and never frozen and not cooked until you order it. Don't forget to add some of the great sides like French fries, pickle fries, and their great breaded mushrooms. While you're there, you can't forget to get some of their great ice cream, ice cream treats, and frozen yogurt. Tony's on Main Street in Ottawa, making burger history since 1962. Back here to wrap things up in another week of Around the Herd. We get closer to the one-year anniversary coming up in a couple of weeks of this show. I can't say enough. Thank you so much for uh, everybody listening and uh, supporting the show and retweets and uh, everything like that. You can find the show on iTunes as well as wherever the heck it is. That, you get your podcasts. Thanks to Andy Schaefer, the head coach at Columbus Grove, for talking about his Bulldogs. Bo Gross for talking about the Air Force Academy, kind of what life is like out there in Colorado Springs, as well as at New Bremen football coach Chris Schmidt. Big thanks to all three of them, and good luck in their run in the playoffs coming up as well. That's what I've got for the show this week. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, hit me up on Twitter, at Michael Hearn PVP on Facebook as well. I hope I see you around. Catch you at a game. Uh, check out cSportsLive.com, K943, 
also NKTelco, WOSN, WIMA. Wherever you get a chance to listen or watch a game, make sure to do it and support these uh, terrific kids and uh, terrific coaches that are uh, spending their time doing what they love. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of Around the Hearn. Come back next week for more local stories from the NWO. But until then, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Michael Hearn PBP for more great area content.